broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Oh, hey guys, and we are live here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Thank you for bearing with us. Um, we're trying to improve some of the technical issues that we've been having, our production values. So hopefully this is a higher uh, bit rate than normal, because that's been annoying me. So uh, yeah, welcome to the Wrestling Rewind here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Uh, Periscope, Twitch, and of course YouTube events. So thank you YouTube for making this a lot harder than it needs to be. My name is Daryl Connor, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Dave Stevens. Dave, welcome back to the airwaves. Yeah, it's a great day for wrestling, everybody. Welcome back to the only show hosted by people that don't hate wrestling. And why we don't hate wrestling? Because we don't watch the current product, <laughs> <laughs> or we don't cover the current product. You know, it's funny we got we got a comment on one of our channels from Ian. Ian, thanks very much. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, "Cover more SmackDown. It's the best thing." And I'm like, "Not on your life, my friend." Uh, I, I was much more polite in my response to his comment, by the way. I said, we'll, we'll try. Because honestly, we do cover a little SmackDown. And you want SmackDown covered, my friend. We are covering SmackDown tonight. I know what you yes. meant, though. Oh, but absolutely. Do, we, is there a week that goes by where we don't mention at least a little bit of SmackDown? I mean, that's the only place there's one good wrestler. So, I mean. Oh, exactly. Like, here's the thing. You know, current WWE, we just don't. It's not fun. There was mm. that. It's just that classic champions thing was... Oh. We tried, guys. We tried. Yeah, it was like watching it. I was like, will it cover up? I'm like, no, you know what? It's my birthday week. I'm yeah. not going to ruin my birthday week by talking about a show that made me glad I don't cover wrestling. Right, listen, we could so. barely get through predictions. We just gave yeah. up, basically. And yeah. then I turned the show on. I watched the first match, and it happened to be the only match I cared about. And I couldn't tell you. I don't know who anything else that happened on the show. That's fair. The first just... match was great. It was innovative. They gave it like 40 minutes. It the results were exactly what we expected it to be. Sami Zayn won. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all you got to watch. Exactly. And that was it, you know? So Innovative like, stuff, though, I will say. There was stuff in there I've never seen before. And Jeff Hardy, uh, man, it was, it was... Okay, I know we didn't mean to do this, but I'm just going to do this super quick. It was evident from the entrances that Sami Zayn was going to win, and that bothered me. Yeah. Well, it's- AJ came out with his normal, all right, I'm going to do like my like best performance and all that but he didn't have that kind of swagger that he kind of gets when he goes into bulldog mode so i was like okay aj's not winning fine hardy came out and it was bizarre he was almost treating it like a not a retirement match but like this is kind of one of the last matches of this kind i'm gonna do in wwe before i go elsewhere he had that like vibe about him and his attire and his face paint and then zane came out with a whole new character and i was like oh this is cool I love the whole handcuff thing. Well done. So TLC, great. Um, rest of that match, rest of that card, you know, don't watch it, guys. It's not yeah. worth it. It's, look, and I said, you know, uh, <laughs> I was happy that the first match was the only match I cared about because then I could just kind of tune off. Yeah. Um, and even last week there was NXT, um, or this week there was NXT, and I was like, yeah, I'm not. Um, Wait, really? Just Yeah, there was an that NXT. popped up on the network, and I thought that was a rerun. <laughs> I no, no, it. It, it was like a, there was an NXT show and I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going to, oh. I'm just not going to watch it because I don't care. And I was too hung, too hung over at that point to care. Well, that's so fair. I like, yeah, I was like, I'm just not going to. No, I will, I will watch the Finn Balor match because apparently it is probably one of the best matches of the year. Not the Iron Man crap, right? No, no, this was no, like, no, no. Uh, okay. this was the match after that. Okay. But, you know why I don't watch NXT, right? Why? Have I been open about this? No. Charlotte Flair. Oh. I refuse. Makes, that's fair. I refuse. That's fair. Absolutely fair. No problem. I totally understand why. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it with that kind of stuff, it's like, yeah, look, I'm not going to cover that stuff because it's not fun for me. We will be covering more Impact Wrestling stuff because that's actually interesting. 
on I know of all things who would think in the year 2020 that we're hype about impact wrestling but I am yeah, Ever since Slam Slammiversary, I've been wanting to get more into it. And, and they had, they, they had victory. They had victory road during the week. Um, mm-hmm. So I will be watching that, and we'll probably do a special on that. Mm-hmm. And also, you know what? They they provide stuff for us to watch. It's it's pretty straightforward. You know, do we we don't? They make it very difficult to watch the product, and it's a bad product. And AEW. Well, I've already seen WCW, so. Um, shots fired ladies and gentlemen true but with impact wrestling they make it super easy to find their content it's uh they keep their after getting a bunch of new deals as well here over in the uk and ireland so it's like i'm sorry <laughs> it's just this is a better product you know and it, it's not insulting everything there is at least is interesting but my recommendation would be that you get the network you go to the first of february 2001 and you pull up SmackDown Extreme. Because that's what we're going to be covering today, folks. We're going to be covering yeah, we are. the best episode of SmackDown that you've never seen because you forgot about it. Or Dave Case, you never saw it to begin with. Didn't know it existed. Never. Nope. I've never never heard of it until Dara had brought it up that you need to watch this. You're really going to appreciate it. And boy, did I ever. Yeah. It's, it's like, I love this show. I know... I love this show so much and I was so enamored by it as a child that you know the way everyone has like wrestling action figures and stuff when you're a kid and you and if you were like me you booked your own show. Yeah, and I had I had a ring as well. Yeah, I had a ring. I had a yep. I had like I and he had the aprons and you know I had a couple of entrances and stuff. But mm-hmm. I I'd, I'd book my own show so I had Absolutely. like I'd have the little book that I'd keep track of everything in it. Smackdown oh, Extreme. Wow, wow. Yeah, and it, I always do keep keep uh a running list of all the champions and stuff like that. So, you know, do it, do it right. Right. So, you know, what's um, interesting. Uh, all of my figures, for whatever reason, were from like the late eighties and early nineties. So Bret Hart and Hulk Hogan won every match oh, that fair. was ever wrestled inside my WWF wrestling ring. <laughs> I had a bunch of WCW figures as well. Oh, and no, they were, they were not allowed. Oh, that's fair. I, I had load of, of that. Thanks for, for thanks to going to America for so much. I'd love the ECW uh, weapons as well. Oh, so okay. like there was a lot of weapons matches and stuff like that as well. But anyway, SmackDown Extreme was like something that would always be done, even as a kid. It would just be you know that's what you do because that's the impression this made on me. Because I was like, this is the most unique thing that I've seen ever. Because I would SmackDown used to be on Sky One Saturday morning. So they'd show it and obviously they'd edit it down and stuff like that. But this just kind of happened randomly out of nowhere. No build, no nothing. It was just there. Now, to set context for this, right, this was when ECW was still running. This is when WCW was still running. Uh, Well, barely. You know, I think they were... Buyout was what, in March? Yeah, so we're... So we're talking about like a month. A month, yeah. And ECW was... It was done, but you know Paul Heyman was still saying it was around. But what was interesting about this was this, there was a lot of little jabs in this one. I think this was done deliberately to kind of like hint to what was coming. The actually there would die a a month later at at um, WrestleMania. Um, that's kind of like the death of the actually there. Um, okay, canonically, yeah, that's when they said. Which WrestleMania is that? What number? X seven. Oh, okay. Which we'll which we will get to X seven, the best WrestleMania of all time. Um, Wait, really? Better yeah. than nineteen? Yeah, it's so much better. Well, um, okay, Triple H ruined nineteen, so that's fair. Fair. Um, but <laughs> you no, can't X, dispute that. No, I can't. I can't. X seven X seven is canonically canonically though the the end of the actually there and the beginning okay. of the invasion, right? So this is weird because this <laughs> watching this show it does so much and it's in such a weird time period where you're like, okay, I actually thought this was a little bit later on um, or a year before, but going back and rewatching it, so much happens in this that is later on very, very important. So to set this, set this in place, this is like a couple of days. It's actually by what a week after the Royal Rumble 2001, which is fantastic. One of the best ladder matches of all time. My favorite mm-hmm. Royal Rumble match. Gotcha. Yep. Um, a fantastic, you know, great win by Austin in the Royal Rumble. It's really good. We will 
obviously cover it. Um, this was his second, correct? Yeah. Of the yeah, back-to-backs? Well, yes, was the second of the back-to-backs, yeah. Gotcha. No, wait, hold on. No, no, sorry. He didn't win a back-to-back. Uh, the he Rock, did? Did the he Rock, do 99 and then 2001? He, no, 97 and 98 and 2001. Oh, those are the back. Oh, he won yeah. three. Yeah, okay. because The Rock and Big Show won in 2000. So right, yeah, we will get to that, and I think the Raw Rumble season will like do a bunch of Raw Rumbles because you know, why yeah, not? we'll do one Raw Rumble ninety five, baby. Oh man, yeah, it's gonna be fun. But um, yeah, look, so this this whole this whole thing is doing a lot of it's wearing a lot of hats. Mm-hmm. And the biggest hat that's wearing is we're kind of transitioning towards WrestleMania, but also they kind of knew that ECW was going down, and we have to get Triple H uh, really, you know, pushing forward because he, you know, they still weren't sure exactly what was going to happen. Rock was still just kind of floating, and this show is interesting because, like, you can see how convoluted the main event scene had gotten how packed it was yeah a lot of main event talents yeah a lot of main event talents all throughout the card and we don't have that nowadays but here's what was interesting right with the the bio of wcw it would introduce the second tier which would be the wcw belt but you can also see how kind of structure how more entertaining this show was because as you said you know main event talent throughout the whole card everything kind of made sense and the IC belt there was held by Jericho, who was absolutely kicking ass. Oh, yeah. By the end of the year, literally this year, Jericho would hold both belts mm-hmm. and be forgotten about in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, we had a massive retrograde in, in a lot of sense. There was only of- one match on this card that was a dud. And that's impressive to me. Yeah, well, this was like a main event. This was like a pay-per-view. It was. On a Thursday. Which was like very- if you had told me this week on Raw, tune in, and it's going to be one of the best Raws you've ever seen, and I tuned in, and it wasn't Randy Orton sitting in a dark room doing a monologue for 10 minutes and then go to commercial <laughs> when he gets beat up, maybe yeah. I wouldn't have turned the show off and yeah. just turned on SmackDown Extreme and did prep for our podcast. Like Maybe maybe you could keep me engaged in the product. But see, like there wasn't really even anything different about the show. It was just to, like, we're going to go put this together, and it's going to be... It's going to have everything that you want. You know, like it had to feel, it wasn't super long, which was great. Um, and an hour and a half when you watch yeah. it on the network, guys. And everything, it, it's fantastic. And everything in it felt important with the exception of the one dud match, which we'll get to. So let's, but, let's talk. Let's go through these matches. Yeah. So we set the, it up. So the, the show, the show was, um, <laughs> Michael. Okay. So here's what's more interesting, right? Well, wait, wait. We, we forgot one important piece of setup that I think history wise oh, is very important. Go for it. The reason that it's called SmackDown Extreme and they use the X instead of like extreme for it is mm-hmm. because this was right before the debut weekend of the XFL. Yes. So that's very yes. important to keep in mind of, that's... okay, yes, this was out of nowhere, but it yeah. was also a vehicle to push that weekend's XFL. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Well, and yeah, I'd like to think I earned my seat on this show for you some have. reason. Derek. Well done, well done. That was very impressive. Um, and yeah, when you're watching the show, they heavily pushed the XFL. Ironic because the XFL would be a big talking point this year, and now it's owned by The Rock. Owned by the so Rock. it's just like, wow, this is weird. It's almost like we set this up. Uh, <laughs> almost. It's almost like we know what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but look. I thought it was great. Um, again, the most random show that exists that you can watch. This and the actually a lot of stuff from the SmackDown Six um, mm. uh, would probably be would probably be on par to it. But the very first episode of SmackDown, as well as something we'll probably talk about, because that's mm. a banger too. That's but um, yeah, this is probably like the best episode of SmackDown you'll ever see. Um, and that's not taking anything away. It's just like wait, wait till you see when we go so through let, it. Let's talk about why. Yeah, so it opens with like a fantastic little table match. And the thing about it is like the Dudleys and the Hardys have obviously, you know, at this point, we've seen a year of fantastic table matches. Um, the Royal Rumble match, which we'll talk about at the Royal Rumble, um, stands out to And that's still my favorite table match between the two of them. But this is really, really good. And it's it's not super long. It's like eight minutes. Yeah. Um, and it's just, 
it's fantastic. Like what Dude, they it's do- eight minutes, but it felt like it was twenty minutes long. Yeah, it had the build and feel of like a big a big match, you know, and they kill each other. Some really cool innovative stuff when uh, Matt puts himself through the table to avoid it. It's that's the standout for me. Maybe it's been done since in WWE. I don't know. But to my recollection, I've never seen somebody save a tables match by jumping off the top rope and putting themselves through the table. So the Mm. table was already broken when their tag team partner went. I just that was one of the most brilliant spots. And I can't believe I'm complimenting Matt Hardy ever in my life. That is one of the most brilliant. I'm sure Jeff came up with it. That is one of the most brilliant spots I've ever seen in a table match. And then I fast forward to like 2008 and we got Seamus versus John Cena and Cena wins because Seamus gets just kind of pushed through a table off the turnbuckle. And in Mm. my mind, I'm like, what happened in seven years? Innovation went out the window. Yeah. You know, like, as I said, these guys, these guys have done a year where tables were a big part of their stick. And they had like really learned how to make a tables match feel important. It's psychology to it. I have a to say, tables match, a weapons match. But the ending of it, with oh. where it's brutal, where he put, where he takes him to the top of the the walkway and puts him through the table. You're like, man, that's a brutal spot. The Three bubble years. bomb is underrated when it's performed that way. If it's in the ring, it doesn't have that much of an impact. And like yeah. obviously when he does it to Mae Young, it's it, he does it more as like a powerbomb style. But oh my gosh, the bubble bomb itself looks amazing. But at the same time, it really protects your opponent. It's yeah. a very well thought out move. But it looks like it kills you, which is the perfect oh, wrestling, which is the perfect goodness. wrestling move. You know, that's a 10 foot drop. Yeah. And well, obviously, you know, with that, like you could tell that they had a bunch of padding and stuff. But there, don't don't. But don't, not like I, I don't don't give it away. Don't, but not but not don't like spoil it there. It's still but, real. But not our but listeners not, think it's still real. They still want us to cover modern day SmackDown. Clearly, they think wrestling's real. That's a fair point. But I'm now, kidding, guys. I think it's real too. But but today now, when you see it, to bring it up today, when you see a spot done like that, they wouldn't even move the pattern. It's just like, oh yeah, there you go. Mm, you know, like, that's a good point. What are you doing? Like, just, what happened to the days where they try. would like move it out of the way real quick? Yeah, like it's like. Uh, Kane would throw somebody off the stage and by the time the camera cut to the side of the stage, the padding was gone. Mm. Especially back when the shows weren't live. Like SmackDown wasn't live for like years. So why were they still showing crap or stuff that they could have, sorry, Ireland Radio, that they could have like edited out? I don't get that. Ever. Com- complacency. That's all. Yeah. Complacency. You know, it's like, why should we? Like at this point, WDB were still competing. Against right. like WCW, right. even though 2001 WCW is the worst thing ever, well, except for AEW. Um, well, you know, it's and 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 uh, tall dude yoga DDP, yeah, nice little stint. Not 2001, no, no way. No, 2001 was like sacrifice. And... I thought 2001 was like Booker T's reign, yeah, but that wasn't good, dude. That, <laughs> that wasn't good, you know. I mean, this just sounds like a this just sounds like a WrestleMania 19 apologist is what this sounds like. <laughs> I was just setting you up. No, no, um, no. But no, it was a fantastic tables match. It was. And it and really set the stage. I mean, you can talk but, about something being a curtain joker, but, what, but it set the stage. Man. But what I liked about this was it fed directly into the next match because yes. what, what, whatever, like the way it's on the network, it's like obviously all the ads are gone. So I kind of cut straight to them and they're selling. All of them are selling that they're in bits after that match. And they're like, yeah. It actually felt like it had stakes. Well, I know it was for the championship, but again, the championships meant something. Yeah, watching Lita come out and check on them and say, like, I'm going to pray for you and stuff. Mm. I don't know. There was something about it. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm invested. I've I've never been a big Lita fan, but I was for SmackDown Extreme. I thought she was fantastic all night. For sure. Um, The next match was the definition of, you know, a, a pee break. Wait, Again. really? This was not the dud I have. I enjoyed no, this match. No, no, I enjoyed it too, but it okay. was two minutes. It was two minutes. Well, that's so, all it needed. You know, it wasn't a it wasn't Sometimes a dud. A match only needs two minutes. Yeah, it wasn't a dud, but it was a you know the same amount of a pee break where you go off and then have a drink afterwards. Okay, but wait, or... hold on. I define a pee break match as a match that if you're not there and you come back, nobody's going to be talking about it, and you didn't miss a thing. Oh, fair enough. That's fair not enough. true for this match. No, like because Lita took her shirt off. <laughs> That's gonna sound terrible out of context. 
But in this era, with these fans, people were hype. They were they went crazy and, for that moment. And there is something I do want to talk about. I'm going to find where it actually is. Are we, not, are we talking cats later? Yeah, cats later. That's what I want to talk about, but not okay. just yet. What I want to mention is Austin, throughout this whole show, mm. Stone Cold Steve Austin is basically drinking in a, in a bathroom. He is. Or, and also, guys, just a little inside note for those of you listening and watching it. This is called Dara getting away from a topic. No, it's it's. I need to bring it up. So, also, so basically, <laughs> yeah, was, well, to quote King, it's coming up. <laughs> yeah, it is, and there's a reason why. But um, so yeah, Austin basically is sitting backstage. Might have been the drinking, King line of the night, and he's drinking, he's drinking <laughs> loads. But basically, the story going to this is that if Austin and Triple H attack each other, Austin loses his shot at WrestleMania, and Triple right. H is suspended for six months. Now, right. this ties into a phenomenal three stages of Hell match, which we will cover because yes. you will love it. It's absolutely phenomenal. This um, also ties into the fact that Austin legitimately got drunk at these shows. Yeah, well, he, he was drinking the entire time. Like, so, the entire show. The entire like, in show. WCW, they joke about it because, like, Nash and them, and they, they would get, like, wasted. And you can see it on the product. But that kind of thing, generally speaking, didn't happen in WWE unless your name was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, because he in was literally case, just yeah, drinking yeah. the entire night. I don't think he and knows so, what happened in the main event. No. But it, what I do like about it is the fact that they do kind of cut back to it and it's part of the story. Yeah, and then yeah. Trip, you know, yep. Triple H comes in and freaks out and he's actually in his in his dress room and takes poop in his in his toilet. And it's just, it's really funny. Like, it's just like, he goes, yeah. he's, like and he's like, here, I'm sorry, do you want a beer? And, and Triple H just go, what? He's just losing it. It's absolutely brilliant. Right. And then and, later there'll be a segment where he yeah. comes back in and he opens the beer and it explodes on Triple H. It's really and, good. Like all of the backstage segments, and we've talked about this a lot from this era of booking, and this is even post um, the goat being there booking, but mm. and writing, but um, not booking rather. But I mean, everything connected throughout the show with at least Austin's storyline, and I loved it because then it tied into the main event. Yeah. So it wasn't a throwaway. It wasn't a we're going to make a potty joke and lol, the kids are going to laugh. It led to the next segment and the next segment. I mean, these are things that a drunk would just do. Like it, it worked, and that was it. And what uh, what I like about it is, through the whole point in time, you're watching the show, and it doesn't feel like you've wasted your time. It doesn't feel like no. it's you know throwaway segments. They all kind of weave this little tapestry, and it, you know, it, it, even week to week, because this was following off from Raw, where Triple H had outsmarted Austin. So, what was he going to do? Well, he's going to annoy the heart out of him. Right, this is like kind of the cerebral assassin. When did he get that moniker officially? He, like oh three? No, he got no, he got it at this point. Around but, this point, because you yeah. can you can see those seeds there, and you see Stephanie there with the um, you know, the shirt that she was clearly in a cold room before coming out. It, like, I, and you know that's on purpose. Let's pretend it's like not, we're not going to pretend things aren't. They were doing things for certain effect. Well, see, here's the thing. This is why Jericho would make would have segments where he makes fun of that. Oh my gosh! I know we can't quote it on the radio no, in today's but, world. But this is but where that is the best nickname, yeah, and promos that he. That is my favorite Jericho promo but era. This is this is the era. This is what Jericho does, and this is why because he show pictures from or from 1999 and now and be like, "What happened? Did you get stung by a bee?" And <laughs> it's just it's it's hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, like this is why because you know, I'm not even going to give out the abbreviation, but oh my gosh, no. No, yeah, but, um, just Google Google um, Jericho Stephanie. Yeah, you're on YouTube watching our show right now. Yeah, don't press pause. But when our show's over, <laughs> or press pause, go watch it and come back. Uh, you know, YouTube Jericho Stephanie McMahon promo, and you'll yeah. you'll understand why it's some of his best work ever. You'll have a great time. One thing I did like actually, and I I forgot that this was around the same time because it's okay. like because it was so long ago. It's like 19 years ago. Um, so I, I, for, I forgot that so much was happening. So evil Kai and Tai were t- at this point and they're yes, hilarious where they, they just are. like, they would badly dub them like an old Hong Kong movie. I forgot about that too. Cause in my mind, I just think of Funaki number one, Smackdown announcer, that kind of like racist gimmick that they had given him by modern standards, I guess this was funny. Like this yeah. is how you do a Japanese character without being offensive. And yeah, because because you're you're playing off the the more the ignorance of the West and anything else, exactly. Um, and it's great, it's really good. But I like the whole setup where Edge and Christian come out to cut a promo, and they're like, "Oh, we're going to have the toughest match of our life," and 
blah 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 and they had actually just killed uh Kai and Ty like a week before. So <laughs> Can I I want a pair of Christian's glasses. Can I get one? Well this is also the best the best edge in Christian as well where you get this is peak edge of Christian where they're just told D bags. But yeah, um, well I, I like it you know it makes sense that in you know ten years from this point that Edge would be having his, you know, live sex celebration because I forgot he used to come to the ring and like hump it on his way in. Yep. Like, yep. oh, it actually does kind of work with your character. I just hadn't seen the prequel to like understand like the, the you know the current version. You see, I'm that, actually, that's a that's a good point, right? So there's loads of stuff that happens on, or did happen in a couple of years around WWE that is vestigial to stuff that happened around now that doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. like the. Pretty much the entire presentation of WWE makes no sense because it has nothing <laughs> to link to it, right? Um, but like certain things, like the Edge and Christian stuff, even lately now with you know Edge stuff, they would bring up as like, I know what you're talking about. That was twenty years ago, though. Does right. does, does Jimmy know what it? You know, the five year old does he know? Well, little little about? little Jimmy is get, get getting drafted number three to Raw. I don't that's, know if you saw Archer's board. So yeah, I did. That's that was, I knew the minute I said the name, I was like, oh, this is it. But like anyone who watches the show or even yourself, you know, right. I there's certain things that the more we do the show and the more things we see, you'll start noticing really like, oh, that's what that's from. That's why that's there. And it's like it's more and more vestigial it gets where we're like even the scratch logo that they had for years made no sense. It was like that made sense years ago, didn't make it now, and then they replaced it. And you're like, okay, fair enough, that makes sense. Uh, the best one I can see is the the biggest case in point is the people's elbow, right? Or any kind of heel move where it was done as a mockery, right? And then became its own thing where like the five knuckle shuffle, he's a heel. No way that actually hurts you. It's just, you know, right? Yeah, I'm it's supposed to. It's it's that. It's an insult. It's yeah. It's supposed to get the crowd really angry when he throws that hand up in the air. But also the, the same problem. The same and the same with the, the people's, people's elbow. elbow. Yeah. But the problem with that is the people's elbow. The Rock was able to adapt it, where people would love to catch the elbow going, the elbow pad going out into the crowd, so they would want to see it done, so that maybe they get a souvenir, so the whole yeah. crowd gets hyped. Yeah. With Cena, it just he never changed it when he became a face mm. and then he went into this weird like face heel role that he was forced into by the fans and like he just he would take pride in the fact that they would kind of boo when he threw it up and it was like you didn't we get your paying homage to the rock your entire move set is homage to people that came before you if you really examine cena's move set and i've explained this time again so i won't get into it but what i mean is like this it just drives me crazy cena needed to adapt it but what I mean is the 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 vestigial stuff in WWE is so weird. So when you go right. back and you're kind of picking at it and you're like, that makes no sense. Like even a tables match, tables match doesn't make any sense if the Dudleys aren't there or if the whole thing isn't using the table. Right. Why is the table match still there? Right. You know, it's like, it's just kind of, or the kendo stick as we broke down, like it's weird that kendo stick still exists when Steve Blackman used the kendo stick. And he's gone 19 years, right? I, it's he kind of passed it on to shame. But I get what you're saying. Like, for instance, let's say that next week on Raw, well, I don't even know who's going to be on Raw next week, but uh, I don't think they even week, know who's going to be on Raw next week. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the truth of it. They're probably still trying to figure out the draft. Yeah. But let's say next week on Raw, they announce that Ricochet is going to have a match against Akira Tozawa mm. and it's going to be a buried alive match. Like, yeah, what? Exactly. That's, no, that's you need point. to have, A, you need to have my phone not falling off the table making noise. And B, you need to have Undertaker there or Kane there for, you know, for that kind of match to occur. You can't have a Hell in a Cell match if it doesn't involve, uh, you know, Undertaker, Mankind, Triple H, or some element of them being involved. We've seen the successful ones and the bad ones. Yeah. The bad, or it. Shane, or Shane. Shane McMahon, to his credit, did okay. But what Taker was in that match. But we've seen what happens with that, where it's like they try to have uh, random matches with like Orton and Sheamus in a Hell in a Cell match. And then right. it's not. And then it's just matching match in a cell, you know? Exactly. And this is, it makes sense when we go back and we watch it. Yeah. And like, that's kind of something that I suppose for anyone who's watching this now, Maybe keep an eye on it because I'm noticing stuff that I'm like, oh, well, okay, this is stuff we're still seeing now, but it makes no goddamn sense. But anyway, so let's move forward. Um, okay, for viewers wondering, I found my phone. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. I love 
I, I, I love um, that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, what's up? You, you never gave your thoughts on Lita. Oh, yeah, I have no problem with Lita. <laughs> Just, you're, you're a jerk. All right, let's go. <laughs> I have no problem with Lita. I like Lita. You know, you're, you're, not, you're not going to say it. Fine. Next. <laughs> Next. So during this match, the APA come out and absolutely destroy Edge and Christian, like, Beat the hell out of him. Mm. And that dominator that Farouk gives to Christian, where he, he oh. hits him so hard his hair falls out and he's wearing a bit of his hair, is so funny. And I'm like, oh my God, how hard did he hit him? <laughs> it's like he hit him really hard. is awesome, man. Yeah, but like, it's not like, you know, with the APA, you never, you never question that they weren't actually tough guys. But this is the first time where I'm like, they actually went yeah. in and hit them so hard. Christian's hair fell out. Well, and context, yeah. ECW one night stand, yep. Absolutely. Layfield laying into the blue meanie. Absolutely, he was always doing this kind of stuff. And you're like, wow, that must have sucked. <laughs> There's a reason he has a reputation as being a quote unquote enforcer for yeah. greener guys on the roster because apparently he really was, and apparently he would even do it against you know regular people on the roster, established people. That's just wild, man. But yeah, look, this was a great match. Probably not for Edge and Christian, but for two heels that you really wanted to see getting beaten up oh, by, yeah. by the APA who were like super over great way to like get the crowd heated up again before uh, yeah. in the midpoint when the mood was kind of down a bit. Well, and you had the whole, you had the whole, the Kayentai thing, which the crowd was into and they had shenanigans all throughout the match, which for yep. three minutes and 39 seconds was impressive how much they got into this. So um, <laughs> for some reason, Billy Gunn was there with China and you know, then Big Show kind of has a bit of a bit of a fit and shoves Billy Gunn up and sets up a match later on the night. Okay. Okay. Uh, Triple H then comes in and um, this kind of sets up that Triple H is going to be in the main event thanks to Stephanie having a talk with Vince. Well, wait, wait, wait. We skipped Trish. Did we skip Trish in the bubble bath? Well, we can't. Yeah, get, oh, we, we can't. We can't yes, get the Steph yes, and and her father if we don't yes, address. We did. we did. This show had a lot. I mean, so yeah, they really were going for the extreme, right? So you so had Lita. We talked. We mentioned we'll get the cat, and right, let's some, talk some, about the most infamous. Well, second most infamous Trish Stratus segment. Well, some context. Third most infamous. Some context first. Yes. Trish was having an on-screen affair with Vince at this point yes. because they were having an on-screen. Was it just the, on the, screen? The divorce segment thing with Linda, right? No, so, I mean, seriously, was it just on screen? I don't know. But Trish is in a bubble bath and on the phone. And oh my God. Just. It, it, it was real, guys, by the way. <laughs> I don't know, man. It was. This You're, is a. It's a very explicit segment. It's. um Very explicit. Amazing. And this would obviously set up uh, Vince leaving for some reason because obviously they imply that she's on the phone to him. Okay, hold on. You're being way too vague about this. So we got Trish Stratish in a bathtub. Shoot. She's 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 moving around. I mean, she's playing with the bubbles and whatnot. She's getting at pretty much as most as you can show on network TV. She's yeah. showing at this point. Um, she even takes uh, her finger in some whipped cream at one point, takes a nice little uh, licks it, you know, and then she makes a phone call. Like, come on, let's, let's, if we're going to talk, let we got to talk. If this isn't, if this is SmackDown Extreme, then this needs to be the Wrestling Rewind Extreme. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll get an X for the, for the logo. <laughs> the logo this week. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Nerd to No Media goes extreme. <laughs> what you never saw Pikachu doing with Mewtwo. Oh, God. Rule 34. You know, the worst thing about that is that probably exists. I, I, that's why I said rule 34. I really just know. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. If it exists, <laughs> there's, if, if it exists, there's porn of it. Rule 34. <laughs> Rules of the internet, my friend. Rule of the internet. Welcome well, to look, the internet. So basically, look, this set. So the great thing about this show is it does kind of push forward all the storylines. And there's yeah. a lot going on. And even if it's just one segment, it's like that actually ties into something that's going to be a big deal at WrestleMania a month later. Um, that's crazy. Exactly. When is there the is one up? thing? There is one thing that bothered me about this segment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I was waiting for a little yeah, setup like, there. Yeah. Yeah, I like, on, I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, who lights that many candles when they're in the bath? Unless you have a bunch of producers around you. 
I don't know, man. She has nothing else to do. She wasn't wrestling. Bored, like, no, if you, if you want to take a bath and you want to make like a seductive phone call, why are you going to light 75,000 candles? That makes no sense. Some people like candles, man. Nobody lights that many candles, man. I don't know. Let us know in the comments below. How many candles do you light when you're having a bath? Is it more? Is it 75? Prove yes. Dave wrong. <laughs> yes. If you're in a bubble bath and you're trying to call Vince McMahon to seduce him, what is the appropriate number of candles to light? Exactly. That's the poll of the week. We need to know. These are important things. <laughs> um, the next match I enjoyed um, a lot, like Jericho's DIC champion, had probably one of the best ladder matches that we're not allowed to talk about on WDB aren't allowed reference, which is Shame. so sad. But he it's makes fun of uh, that dude. He in does. This segment, actually. But he yeah. always makes fun of him. That's kind of like what his gimmick was, you know? Right. Yeah. What makes um, fun, yeah. But uh, yeah, cuts a great promo saying, hey, look, I've beaten everybody. You know, there's no one more extreme than me. Blah, blah, blah. Which is, you know, a little sly reference to ECW. It's a direct reference to ECW. <laughs> and uh, Especially when you consider who walks out. And the time period that we're in. Exactly. So this was around the same time as well um, that obviously we mentioned there was a great uncertainty with ECW. Mm-hmm. And a lot of ECW talent was in WWE. So Taz comes out and uh, I actually forgot Taz was still wrestling at this point because he was so like he really only had like a year as a competitor. He was was already doing commentary on heat at this point, right? He was. This is when he just started doing commentary. So I remember this, but I honestly thought he was still wrestling um, more than more than this, you know. So when he showed up, I was like, oh, well, Taz is still wrestling at this point. And a year later, he would be full time commentary, basically. Um. But yeah, I don't miss that by the way. If anybody's curious, don't miss it. I don't know. When I was a kid, I was really sad that Taz stopped wrestling because I re really, I thought he had probably one. Of oh, the best I meant Taz on commentary. I don't miss. Oh well, you know you can watch that horrible company, and he's there all the time. Um, stop putting him on commentary. Christ, wait, he's on AEW commentary. Wait, since when? Just like last week, two no last month. Wait, is Excalibur still there? Yeah, yeah, but he just shows up on commentary sometimes. So now they have four commentators? Yeah, they can't help themselves. They have no idea what they're doing. It didn't work for American Idol. The ratings went down. What are you doing? Three yeah. people max. No, but even still, just Taz is not a good commentator. I'm sorry. Unless he has Paul Heyman there with him. It just doesn't work. But anyway. Taz is there in any situation to get himself over first and foremost. And if he can't get himself over, he's going to get a check from the Always. dirt sheets to sell somebody out. There, I Always. said it. Facts. That's what he does. His first thing in AEW was he brought back the championship that he invented, the FTW oh. championship, and put himself over. And it's like, oh my god, I don't want to see this anymore. I no, really thank like you. you know, I really liked you in ECW. I lo- I loved when he came to WWF. That's enough. But anyway, this match, um, I thought was really good. They worked really well together. Jericho, Great. Jericho wasn't like uh, he wasn't as heavy. Like it wasn't a heavyweight, he was still kind of light. And, and you know. Taz, I mean, people often forget how short Taz is, but Taz yeah. looked a bit slimmer here than he, normal. He did, but the two of them were obviously a fair bit younger and they were really able to work well together with Taz being the heavier kind of ground and pound submission guy. Absolutely. But what was great, but it was Jericho also was able to just kind of wrestle with him, like properly mm-hmm. do a bunch of uh, cool exchanges. There's a really nice um, kind of exchange with the roll up into the clothesline and then it ends a gurry, which was just, that was beautiful. 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 Um, I lo- but the end of it was really cool where Taz went for the Taz mission and then the Bulldog line sold for the win. I thought this was like a really, really competitive little match that I don't think anyone expected. And it's a lot of fun. If you haven't seen it, it's probably one of the best w- uh, WWE uh, Taz matches that you'll find because it's Jericho. <laughs> Jericho in his prime. In his prime. And that's, I hate to say that because I know he's a big deal still in 2021 or whatever. Yeah, year but it's, it's but I'm just different. Trying to 2020. Yeah, but look, it's, it's different. Like Jericho's prime is, in my mind, and this is just my mind, Jericho's prime is 1999 till 2003. 2008. Uh, 2003. And then he comes back to, and he has that different run, 2008. That like, 2007 run was so good. Yeah, like when he comes back with the Sue and the whole Jericho thing, that's a whole new level. But like, right. The, the the kind of oh, so you're talking about prime prime like I'm super young I'm cutting insane promos you're never gonna see again then yes you're right 99 to 2003 for sure because I think like a lot of the stuff that he did uh, in WCW and ECW that mm-hmm. was all kind of beta testing and he has yes. some incredible matches but like he, he had everything figured out 
coming into the WWE and he just does some absolutely really innovative, unique things, which people we've seen forever, but people have like ripped them off. And that's why I have a question. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Cause the viewers are going to be like, Oh, here he goes again. But mm. do you view Jericho's entrance into the WWE? Now, obviously he does has a much younger age and has a much, is you know, is a lot younger when he does it. And, is a lot more fluid and stuff because of his age. But do you view everything he collected from ECW and WCW as like beta testing and then bringing it to WWE the same way that it was done with TNA and New Japan and then AJ comes into WWE and they're both Chris Jericho was not expected to be a main event level star when he came into WWE. AJ Styles was not mm. expected to be a main event level star, but they both I, had these backgrounds. The difference, yes and no. You think the do you think the difference is that AJ was so well established that there was no holding him back, and Jericho had to earn it a bit more? Or no, AJ's best work is in TNA, right? Yeah, King of those King of the Mountain matches. Those King of the Mountain, his, his triple threats with yeah. Joe and okay. And, and Daniels and stuff like that. I don't know though. I mean, well, yeah. Well, what uh, I mean, well, what I mean he is, he doesn't do if, the spiral tap anymore. I know, I know, I get it. What I mean is, if AJ had a came in five years beforehand, well, that's what I'm saying though. Then it would have, yeah. Then you'd be right. Like, like I think if he very had similar. come in at that earlier age, like with that kind of experience, could yeah. he have been a new Jericho? I think he would have surpassed Jericho. Yeah. And in, and in many ways, he kind of has already. It's more just the most innovative stuff that he's done. He's limited by the fact that he's a bit older and right. he can't do, you can't do the things that he did. Well, now. we saw, we saw. I could never do those things. Like, no, no. Person, right? Like, even, Look, I mean, we know. saw what he did in 2016, yeah. 2017, when he was main eventing these shows and he was, yeah. you know, he was doing a springboard 450 to the outside through a table. Yeah. I, I that was in WWE. That was amazing. That match against Moxley, excuse me, Ambrose, will go down as one of the best TLC matches of all time. Yeah, no, like it's and it's like, but can AJ do that now in 2020? Would he do that to his butt? I don't know. Well, the thing, the thing about it is like Jericho, the uh, Jericho was innovative not just with his moveset, which is great, but also innovative with matches. It, it's more For kind sure. of it's more kind of like a different set because TNA was built on this kind of family feel, right? Where you yeah, know, it was built around your grass. It was basically kind of like a grassroots political campaign. Is how you yeah, think and of that, TNA, and, and that's why it kind of had that loyalty, right? And, and it was Jarrett, and it was AJ, and let's see what happens. But the same problem that with you know Sting, the held Sting there was what held AJ there, where it's like, well. I made a promise. I made a commitment to stay here. Very come little. Hell, come hell or high little. water. And yeah. it's just like, it's the same thing. Like AJ and Sting should have been like, I'm leaving. I went to the WWE, gave them a good 10 years and then it would have been, it would have been it, but they didn't, you know, it just is what it is. Well, but I think it's, it's not a good that AJ didn't try necessarily. He just waited till the money was right. Yeah. I think it's a Did good comparison. Him for that. I mean, he was making good money in TNA. But here's the thing, man. I would argue that New Japan run primed him for WWE. It kind of got him where he had to feel like I need to, because at that point he's like, I have to prove myself so that the number one company in the world hires me and I got to do it in the most brutal company in the world. But the difference was Jericho didn't do that. Jericho came from WCW and Hmm. that first year was not a cup of tea for Jericho. Even the second year wasn't a cup of tea for Jericho. It was on well, it wasn't midpoint. supposed to be a cup of tea for AJ either. No, but what I mean is, without if Jericho had have done that move, let's say, if he had have went to New Japan or whatever, and then had that and came in, he probably would have had a much easier time coming into it. But we also have to bring in, you know, if AJ came into WWE in 1999, let's say, he still had to compete with Rock. It would have been bad. Undertaker. He never would have gotten over. I mean, he never wouldn't have happened. Well, he would have got over, but in Do the you same way. really think so? I mean, hold on. Look, well, hold on, hold on. What I, mean, what I mean is. Well, everybody was over. To be he, would have, he would have got over in the same time as Jericho. Mm. You know, once it opened oh, it's up. It's so weird to think of them as so. contemporaries. 
Well, that's what happened because I think your comparison is very apt with Jericho. You know, he's kind of like the archetype proto guy who opened the doors for these people. No, Jer- yes. without Jericho, there's no Benoit, there's no Malenko, there's no Saturn, there's no Eddie, there's no anybody. Right? He kind of yeah. was like, "Hey, look at all the stuff that I can do. Let me bring my mates in." I think. Yes, and that's the most important part because people always say, oh, Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels. Well, show me who Shawn Michaels brought into the company and then became world champion. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the argument I would offer up. And I think AJ would have done very much the same thing. He would have been like, hey, I'm going to open the door. It's going to pay my dues for a year. And then we're going to open stuff up because the danger what could have happened with these guys. And it did actually happen to Jericho. He talks about in his book, he got bumped down to the hardcore division. He got bumped yeah. down to the, you know, and even when they bumped him down to the European division, the Intercontinental division, he started great. having matches like this. Yeah. So I think AJ so would that, have been the same Yeah. Thing. So anyway, that concludes your random David has to talk about AJ Styles section of the night. Let's hey, get man, back to it, the final. It, it, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good discussion to have. So look, we had, uh, we had a segment then where, uh, oh man. Why don't you talk about this one, man? And I want you to cover it as detailed (laughs) as I did Trish Stratus. Right. So uh, the cat comes out and... I think you heard a knock, man. I I Uh, hope we get (laughs) it. It's okay. It's okay. Um, (laughs) We just have a segment where someone just comes in and then it's like, you know... I love this. I love this because it always happens at the worst possible times. And I threw this question to Darren not knowing that would happen. Please... Please, Dara, don't don't get don't get low with your voice. Please no, be excited. I want to make sure that our our listeners can really hear everything that you want to say about this segment. So the cat comes out and she talks about SmackDown being extreme, and Jerry the King Lawler is losing his mind. Why? Because they were married. Yeah, but I, I don't think that's just why he was losing his mind. There has to be more to it, Dara. <laughs> because she starts stripping. In, and she promises to give full frontal. Full frontal what? I'm confused. She's going to put up a billboard? I'm very confused. Her quote is full frontal nudity. And she manages to get her pants off. And then the right to censor come out and cover her up. <laughs> then Rich, Richard goes on a rant. Lawler says that... This makes me so big. Lawler, <laughs> says, Lawler says that he hates him. And uh Yeah. Dara's never been so happy to have a mic close to his mouth so he can basically whisper in his life. (laughs) (laughs) But what's funny about this is a month later, the cat would be the reason that Jerry King Lawler leaves the company for like a year. Yes. And since we're doing this whole uh, past precedes the future, this really had Kelly Kelly ECW vibes Mm. where she would try and be stripping and then Mike um, Knox. Knox, thank you. Mike Knox would come out and cover her up. It was basically right to censor doing that with people like Kat. It's like we're talking about this, like wrestling recycles itself. And there you go. Another great example. Yeah, every eight years. That's when the cycle is. Um, I did really enjoy the horrible. You really did enjoy Kat's segment. That's good to know, Derek. (laughs) No, the, the tough enough segment, you know, the auditions. Oh, I love those. And I, I was watching real hard to see if any of those people ever made it on. They no, didn't. they didn't. No. Here's one thing I don't understand. And let me know in the comments below, guys. Why do people have fake wrestling titles? And then like hold them like they won them. I don't understand that. Makes no sense. Um, so that one day you grow up and you're John Cena and they show that video of you as a nine-year-old holding up your fake title. But these weren't nine. These were like grown adults. Wait, you don't have one? No. Neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. I just, I thought it was really cringy when they're cutting promos and they're holding like their belts and they're like, calm down. You haven't even got a contract yet. Why you I like, the belt? I, I I will say though I love the one dude who I'm sorry CM Punk but no I'm not screw you for calling AJ Styles a flat earther. Um, I did like the one kid who looked like you know an ROH CM Punk. It was just like I want to be a WWE star because I can like entertain people. I'm really good at entertaining. Yeah. 
and he had like the fake blonde hair and everything i was like oh my gosh it's cm punk i was like is it i don't know i need to go look oh uh, no it was i'm glad they kept that in because you know i was i wasn't sure what they were going to cut out but i'm really glad that's there it's look it's great for posterity uh then we had the triple h austin segment where austin spills beer all over him and yep. leaves so uh, also the rock abuses kevin kelly and um says a slur adam which is like it was bleeped you know. there was that's my notes about this episode there were things that were bleeped i was not expecting that yeah it's because like you know this was network television though like that that's what is interesting like this is stuff that they deemed fit for broadcast television free television but if the rock said but if the rock that's what I, if someone said in wwe what the rock said during this promo they'd be cancelled so you know it is what it is it just shows you that it's all its time <laughs> um what did you think of big show versus billy Gunn? because that was a terrible match that's absolute drizzling uh what i thought was there was a match after it let's talk about that fair and yeah the big show killed billy Gunn basically so i don't know it was terrible i this was was this terrible. right when, when did big show start wearing a t-shirt around this time yeah, around this time. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of like the the slimmer, trunk wearing like Andre the Giant style looking Big Show before he went for like the suspender look. Me personally, that's all I have to say about this match. It was crap. Don't watch it. Skip it. I, I, I don't do- know why this was longer than Lita taking her shirt off. That should have had as many minutes as this match. Just terrible. <laughs> One thing I did like though, I missed the Big Show doing choke slams. I think that is more realistic than a punch. Like what just, happened yeah. to choke slams? I don't know. High in the air. I don't know. Like that was the big thing about the big show, and you start doing punches, and it's like this is stupid. Just do a well, choke. Age, on. I get it with age, but like even, and I know Taker's older now, and Kane's okay. I get that, but if we get another big guy like Braun, let's say Braun, they give him the choke slam or something. I want to see people as high up in the air as Billy Gunn gets, where you're mm-hmm. like over the person's shoulder. That's yeah. what makes choke slams cool. Not Undertaker giving a choke slam to Goldberg, and Goldberg jumps eight inches in the air the hell is that ridiculous ridiculous carry on but uh the next match first blood match so i lo- i didn't like haku and rikishi as a team i thought it was always weird as a kid mm-hmm. and as an adult i still think it's weird but um very decent match what's doing with it it's just a brawl place basically i tell you one thing haku and rikishi bleed so much <laughs> it's ridiculous so much. and so rikishi much. didn't even need to I-, I liked it um actually a lot uh i i I thought it was funny that this is the second first blood match involving the Undertaker in a row that we've watched together where mm. the Undertaker's already bleeding before the match starts. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what's up with that. I don't, I don't know. know if that's some character trait that like is in like some weird statistic book, but I love that. Um, if you're a wrestling historians out there listening, let me, let me know like if he has the record for most first blood matches entered while already cut open. Cause that's great. But it was cool because it, it you know, it tied into Kane's legendary performance where he oh, you know so at, at the Royal Rumble um it didn't really unfortunately be look, but yes it gave them stuff to to do basically until WrestleMania but what's weird about this is like this kind of Kane Undertaker thing would just carry on at random points 2001 and then stop again yeah. so yeah it's a weird Do you time. think Do you think it's on purpose that Kane and Undertaker both have red hair and they made them brothers like what? I just I realized that this week when I was watching, like I always forget that they both have red hair mm. until like unless you look at their facial hair or like their their hair elsewhere on their body. Like obviously Undertaker dyes his, and Kane would dye or shave his. Mm. But this is the first time I noticed where I was like, maybe they're getting away with the brother thing because they're both they both have red hair. Some people I looked, I, I notice really random things in wrestling people. Sorry, I love the meme where people are like, you know, what was the biggest lie I was ever told? And it's like the Undertaker and Kane were brothers. <laughs> I mean, they are as a kid. Now, what are they officially half brothers? Yeah, right. Yeah, because Kane is on, is Paul Bearer's son. Yeah, and his mom is Undertaker's mom. Mom. Yeah, but they have different fathers. Yeah. Who is that father? I don't know. I don't think they ever specified. Who is Undertaker's father? Because in the documentary, The Last Ride, Undertaker talked about his father coming to see him at a show one time. Why was this not on TV? I want to know more. 
He it's said that his dad made fun of him for putting on eyeliner. Why would he do that if he was raising his son to be demonic? I'm confused. Maybe this sets up the, the match against thing next year. I'm just going to leave dead air. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we have a WWF title match, which is crazy. WWF title match. <laughs> on like, SmackDown. Yeah, on SmackDown with The Rock, Triple H and Kurt Angle. Right. All right, just pay per view quality match, just there. Just there. This Bro. was a fun, this was a fantastic match. This was one of the best triple threat matches I've ever seen. Well, it was. Come, Come on. on, it was really good. It was really good. Also, do you know Triple H didn't spit the water out? And I was really upset that he didn't. I was like, what? Well, well, he was already wet from the beer. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. That's well, not there the is. Point. There's a danger to being too wet, man. That's not the point. The point is, you know. He didn't do it. And I was like, what are you doing, man? You're killing me here. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, like a really good match, but was ended by Austin basically coming up and uh, screwing it basically. So Angle hits Triple H <laughs> with the the low blow with the break of the pedigree, rolls him up. There's no referee. Austin comes in and uses the referee's hand to do the fastest count of all time. Is that legal? No, it's not. <laughs> but, I think it is. I don't know. I I guess so. It's more legal than Paul, Paul Heyman, Heyman yeah. counting because that <laughs> doesn't make any sense. But I suppose it is the referee's hand, so it's like okay. Yeah. Fair enough, but I mean, it, it, it does okay. Other poll question: Do do pin counts need to be consensual from the referee? Discuss. Discuss. <laughs> well, <laughs> on. poll question for for people: Which is less? Which is less like official? Paul Heyman randomly deciding to count or <laughs> this uh, Austin using someone else's hand to count the referee to count it. So I, I would say both are equally like BS because the referee was unconscious and Paul Heyman is just Paul Heyman. Like, you know, technically he could just do that now. He could just come out and be like, okay, I'm just going to count myself, you know, but I guess it was an ECW ring. So that's probably why, but I guess so. I mean, he, he was running the show at one point. What if we saw Kevin Dunn run out on Raw? Is he there anymore? He might have gotten no, fired. I really don't pay attention. Kevin Dunn. But like, but, uh, a couple on, years ago, let's say, when Kevin Dunn was running Raw, what if one week he just ran out and did the pin count? Or hold on, who's the guy that's running it now? He does this something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Can Bruce Pritchard, uh, Bruce come Pritchard out and, does it and, and count it? <laughs> Is that what he can do? Is Kevin Dunn not involved at all? Because he did it for like, what, 25 years? He does production. Then he got fired or something. He's, right? he's doing the production. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. He's the guy that's in charge of the TV aspect, right? You know, Bruce Pritchard is in charge of like, oh, so they, the show. Oh, they switch those roles. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in the current uh, words that I can't say. Yeah, yeah gotcha. exactly. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> overall, Dave, I'd give the show a solid B. Um, what? Well, it's I'd give it a solid B. B plus. Oh, my gosh. You had Lita, you had Trish, and you have Kat, and you don't give this an A plus? Who are you? Okay. No, well, this was a, this was a very solid for an episode <laughs> of SmackDown. Show me a better episode of SmackDown. This was an A plus for an episode. I can of show you a better. I will show you a better episode of SmackDown. Maybe that deserves an A plus as well. I definitely will. Coming but, from a 4.0 student, I'm aware that you can get an A plus more than once, Dara. What I say is, this is one of the best episodes of SmackDown, but not the best episode of SmackDown. We will get to those. I I'm endeavoring. Thanks to the comment on the show last week, I actually am going to find really good episodes of SmackDown because they it's do not it. what you wanted, but it's what you're going to get. <laughs> no, because I'm not covering the covering product. Well, we're, we're, we're answering, we're, we're doing what he wants. Anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dave Stevens. Um, <laughs> hashtag save Dave. I'm going to repeat that for you. The Dave Stevens. Please follow me. I desperately need you. Save Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I don't know. Um, yeah, so guys, if you want to follow the show, you can go over to Nerd to Know Media for all the for all the the links to all the shows where they're coming around Spotify, YouTube, all that stuff. A bunch of updates coming soon. Website is going to be rejiggered. Uh, we're going to launch over to our new channel, The Wrestling Re- Rewind. So if you want to help us there, you can subscribe. The show is not going anywhere. We're still going to be on Nerd to Know Media, but we will be over there and doing some stuff on that side of things too have we been talking about this since june to you yes yes is it october yes do i find trish in a bubble bath yes all of these things will happen do i finally have time to do it yes yeah yeah, isn't that the real yeah so (laughs) 
So, How dare uh, us have actual jobs and lives? There? Absolutely, absolutely. Why aren't we in our teens doing this anymore? Finally, I know, right? It's really annoying. <laughs> it's just like all those ten years wasted. Like we took it for granted, man. Yeah, we took it for granted, so you can do all this stuff. But um, yeah. So guys, that's what we're going to be doing relatively soon. Um, there's a bunch of new shows. Actually, funny enough, this week is kind of like a break for Nerd to Know Media. Um, everyone's just kind of taking a break from doing their shows. And last week I took a break, my annual break from from doing shows. So everything's going to come back now over this week and next week, and we'll roll out. So keep an eye on our social yep. media. Uh, the whole changes and are going to happen. Where can you find there, that so. social media? Probably on Nerd to Know Media, but you know where you can find even better social media? At the Dave Stevens. Follow me. Save Dave. Dave Save is on Dave. Twitter a lot more than I am. And Adam, yeah, like once everything. a week. Please absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But guys, we'll be back next week. We're going to get through uh, that fan submitted show soon as well. If you have yes. anything you want us to cover, please do leave the comments below. We really appreciate them. Or you can just email us at nerd uh, at nerd to know or nerd to know media at gmail.com is probably the best direct way. Or or um, Facebook or anything like that. But comments below really do help. So or we'll tweet back. me at the Dave Stevens. Yeah, we'll do that too. Uh, again, <laughs> thanks to James Truepenny and the True Penny channel for having us on as well. And uh, yeah, we'll be back, guys, same time next week here on The Wrestling Rewind. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 